Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy, Lishville Ajavon, back with another episode of Living Athletics. You know, today is a little bit of a different setup. I'm by myself today. You know, my first time recording uh, solo. Um, but for today's uh, topic, you know, I want to talk on, about something that is uh, very real in college athletics right now. And uh, for this, for the purpose of this show in college football, and I think it's the transfer portal. You know, everybody had their feelings and it's a mixed feelings about a transfer portal. But one thing we know, like it or not, the transfer portal is here to stay, right? There might be some changes here and there. Like we saw some changes this year, you know, about who can enter the portal, when they can enter the portal, when you have to be out the portal by. But the fact of the matter is that the portal is here. It has changed the landscape of, co- landscape of college football. Um, and it's going to continue to change how college football is viewed, how it's played, how you navigate it. But it's here to stay, you know, so let's just start off with that, first of all, you know. But before we get into this episode, you know, I want to uh, post this question to you guys. Is the transfer portal the great equalizer in college athletics? Now, this is when it comes to strictly wins and losses, right? Is the transfer portal the great equalizer? Personally, I do think that it's a great equalizer when it comes to wins and losses and why. And I'm going to get into re- like why I think that is. Um, but I just think that it just, first of all, just balanced out the playing field with from the standpoint of talent, you know, talent distribution. Um, but just a little bit about the transfer portal, right? Uh, transfer portal uh, was introduced to college football in 2018, October of 2018. And just two years, two years after the the portal was uh, introduced to college football or college athletics, uh, we saw 2,868 D1 student athletes uh, for college football enter the portal um, during the 2020 academic year. And during the 2021 academic year, 4,086 D1 football players entered the portal, right? Now, that's a lot of movements, a lot of people going from, and that's just D1. I'm not talking about uh, FCS, uh, D2, JUCO, D, like D1 athletes enter the portal. Uh, 4,084, sorry, 4,084 uh, players enter the portal, right? Um, and that's, of course, that's a lot of movement. And we've seen like kind of the adverse effect of that, right? We've seen, especially this year, the um, amount of like, close games that there have been a lot of amount of teams that are winning games that we didn't think was going to win games teams that are losing that we didn't think we we're going to lose um and just to give you some uh, uh some updates of some upsets that happened in the 2022 uh season so far and this hurts me to say you know but my alma mater Notre Dame you know lost to Marshall early on in, in the year but when you look at that you see that Marshall had about had 24 transfers come in and several of those about half of them were d1 athletes that transferred from their schools to marshall and amongst those you have a several power five players that transferred to marshall from their power five programs um and you see nebraska loses to georgia state again georgia state had a, a couple of transfers you know d1 athletes transferred to their program you see Texas A&M, this is a shocker, right? Everybody thought Texas A&M was going to be such a great football program this year. But we saw them lose to App State, right? And people might say, oh, App State is 
kind of the outlier in this thing right here because of their history, right? They beat Michigan uh, in 2007, um, and then they lost a thriller overtime uh, to Penn State in 2018. Uh, so people might say, oh, Marshall has been in close games with big schools, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't count for them. But to that, I said, hold on. I got, I got more for you. Just wait, right? Um, VTech lose to ODU, right? Old Dominion. Um, and then the 2021 Mountain West champions, Utah State, lose to Weber State. Now, Weber State is a FCS program, right? And they're beating the Mountain West champions from 2021. But there's more, though, right? Sac State beats Colorado State, right? Northwestern loses to Illinois State. Like, do you guys, are you guys starting to see this trend right here so far of schools that we thought we thought were going to destroy these other schools and now it's the opposite way that like they're losing games to power five I mean to group of five schools and to FCS schools but before you just say it's power five and is FCS no there is some uh, things are going on within the group of five uh, programs as well, conferences. So we saw uh, Michigan State lose to Washington, right? And then probably like the biggest thing that we've seen so far was uh, the upset that Tennessee handed Bama last week. Um, but it's important to to, to know that, okay, Tennessee, you know, we've been joking for years, like, oh, Tennessee is coming, Tennessee is coming, but Tennessee never made it. Like, and it's been like the running stock in college football and the SEC, whatever, that like, Tennessee is coming, but Tennessee just hasn't made it there yet. But Tennessee was building behind the scene, right? Their quarterback, Hannon Hooker, who who a lot of people frankly think should be in the in the Heisman uh trophy conversation right now, um, transferred from Virginia Tech, right? Along with a host of like eight other like quality transfers that Tennessee had and yes Tennessee lost a lot of people to a transfer portal as well but they worked the system they worked the portal right and they had eight quality transfers that came in and that are contributing to the team and to the team's success you know and Brew McCoy is a big name that people knew from when he was at uh um, um USC right um and so those players are Power five players that transfer to other power five schools when it comes to like Tennessee and Bama and the talent is the gap is being bridged and they're matching up and they're playing and they're winning games and they're winning close games and they are uh, just doing what they have to do to make sure that their team is in a position to be successful. Right. Um, and, and the thing with that is, like I said, you have, so you have power five talents, right, that goes to these big schools, get recruited by these big schools, four or five-star players that gets recruited by big schools with, like, the flashy facility, like, the nice field, big stadium, you know, all the technology that you can get. Um, but they don't get a chance to do what they love to do. They don't get a chance to play football, you know. And, and, and if you ask most kids, that's what they went to school for is to play football. And kids just don't want to sit down for – two, three, four years and 
wait, 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 and things don't go their way. And by the time they realize their time is done and they can't really go to another school and then they're just like, just there, don't know what else to do, feel like they wasted their time, you know? Um, but you get those kids that that transfer to lower level schools or other power five or group of five schools that's going to give them an opportunity to play football. Um, and once they get there, that that talent level, that that power five level of talent is still there. And they just plug them into the system and they go play ball games and they match up. And we've seen the trend so far of them winning ball games against big schools. So it's no longer going to be about the name of a school in college football anymore because of the transfer portal. Right. So that, that, that talent gap is closing at an alarming rate, <laughs> an alarming rate. And in the next couple of years, like, it's going to be a different topic, you know, uh, when we come, to, when it, when you talk about, you know, like the, the talent difference between power five and group of five power five and FCS or from one power five to another, from one group of five to another like that, because the movement in college football is, is real, is crazy. And it, it is making college football exciting again, in some ways, you know, for people that don't like it, they love watching closed games. I'm sure people love watching, uh, seeing Tennessee beat Bama. They love seeing uh, Michigan State, that was ranked number 11 at the time, lose to uh, lose to Washington. And also Washington had a, a transfer quarterback from um, IU, right? So these kids, bottom, uh, bottom of the line is like they just want a chance to play football. And by transferring, they at least are sure that they get another chance to do what they love to do. And that's to play football, you know, but it doesn't end there, right? You have coaches that have their inputs on the college football uh, transfer portal. And some of them just don't like the portal. They don't like the idea of the portal. They don't like the concept of the portal. Um, and one big argument that coaches will say is, and I think Dabo Sweeney said this, um, that he said college uh, athletes are at risk because they are the one that's not going to graduate. Right. But I want us to take into consideration that the risk has always been there, right? First of all, if you ask kids, like, why are you going to college? Why are you playing college football? They're going there to play football and to live out their dreams of possibly playing in the pros. A lot of kids, over 70% maybe of college football athletes are going to college, are playing college football to go and play in the pros, at least hope of playing in the pros. That was my dream, <laughs> you know, until injuries happened. But that was my dream. Um, and so what happened to a kid that, you know, that, that go to the pros that, that play making in three years, doesn't graduate from school, but, uh, it's good enough to play in the pros. And, but we know like the average NFL career, uh, span, right? So they didn't graduate from their school. They didn't really get to the point where they are making life changing money in the NFL. They get hurt. They get cut, whatever. They didn't graduate. How many schools in the country are allowing their kids to come back to school? for free to finish up their degree. Not a lot, not a lot, right? Not a lot of schools are doing that. So if a coach saying, oh, they're in a portal, so they're not graduating. Okay, they grad, they, they gave you all that they could give you for three years, you know, won you championships, got you a lot of money as a coach, and then try to go live out their dreams and it didn't work out, but now they're stuck because they didn't make enough money to live off of their NFL career and they also didn't graduate from your school. So that that risk has always been there. So let's not bring it up and say, oh, the kids are not graduating. So uh, I hate the portal because of that. No, 
false. You know, but another thing that though is when kids enter the portal, kids are not entering the portal to not go to classes anymore. Ooh, I left my school and I'm in the portal, so I'm not going to class. No, kids are entering the portal to go and play football and go to school, right? So they're they're not just just playing football and not going to school. They're going to school to play football because uh, newsflash, you have to kind of go to school and keep a certain GPA to be eligible to play football. So they're still going to school. And by them going to another school and playing football, they're doing two things. They're just playing, living out their dreams, and they're going to graduate, right? So they're just not graduating from your school. They're graduating from another school, and but they're doing that while they're playing football, right? So let's, let's really like, Think about that stuff sometimes, right? Um, and at the end of the day, the kids just want what's best for them, man. Like, I don't know. Like they, they, I wanted what was best for me when I entered the portal. You know, I went to Notre Dame. Things didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. Uh, didn't play. Didn't play a lot. Um, and, and I graduated early, thankfully. You know, graduated in three years. And then I transferred and to get an opportunity to play somewhere else. I came to Rice and I got the opportunity and I got hurt, <laughs> but that's besides the point. Let's not talk about that right now. That's a little soft spot, but um, no, like kids want to bet on themselves and want what's best for them. And if entering the portal is best for a kid, for his future, his playing career, his graduating career and his pro career, I am hundred percent for it. Now you have to take risk on yourself. Like how many of you guys, coaches, listeners, parents, like how many of you guys like can sit there and say that you haven't taken a risk on yourself before you bet on yourself. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you pivot, you find the next thing to do. Right. But how would you feel knowing that you could bet on yourself and take that risk, but you don't know if it's going to pay off or not, but you didn't, but there's this possibility that it paid off, but you really didn't know that. How would you feel if that happened to you? You will feel crappy, right? You'll regret that. So instead of regretting it, you take, you shoot that shot, you take that risk, and you see what's best for you, man. Go out there and take it. But with that, you know, coaches are also saying that, oh, the portal is out of control. The portal is out of control. Kids are just in and out of the portal whenever they want to. You know, but so to that statement, though, I say, like, the coaches are out of control. You know, what's out of control is – you know, Brian Kelly leaving us, the Notre Dame players, in the program right before the, the CFP rankings, right? For to, He took a risk for what's best for him and his family and his pocket, his coaching career, whatever the case may be. He left when he felt it was convenient for him to leave. We didn't know. We found out on Twitter like everybody else. Now, these are players that you talk to their parents, to their coaches, to them, and say, oh, I want the best for your kid. You know, I want your kid to come here and graduate and win championships and do all of that stuff. But you just leave your kids. And I don't have nothing against them. He did what was best for him. So if that was okay for him to do what was best for him, it's damn sure okay for the players to do what's best for them, you know? But that was out of control, right, for him to just leave at that time. Another thing that was out of control Take, take this into consideration, right? Scott Frost, Carl Durrell, and Jeff Collins all got fired from their respective schools, Nebraska, Colorado, and Georgia Tech, right? Their buyouts being over $11 million individually. That is out of control. And especially if you 
you you you you take into consideration that Nebraska would have saved north of eight million dollars had they waited just twenty days to fire Scott Frost. Just twenty days. So as a as the program, you take away coaches from the players in the season during the season, and just leave the players like that. Oh, we're just finding your replacement coach. Oh, just forget the chemistry that you built with this coach for the past however many years. You know, just during the middle of the season, we'll just take out take away your coach. Oh, we just paid them all of that money, you know. And we, we wouldn't we wouldn't even mind saving eight million dollars. We'll just fire you right then and right there. And just leave the players like that. That is out of control. So don't tell me the portal is getting out of control when stuff like that is happening in college football every year, right? Coaches are leaving. Schools are firing coaches, irregardless of how the state of the program is, how the players feel, like all that stuff. Like schools are just getting rid of coaches and just paying ridiculous amount of money to money to them, right? So don't tell me that it's out of control. Like I don't want to hear that because it's not. It's not. And also, you know, people are saying that oh, college football is becoming a business. It's a big business. Newsflash. It's always been a business. It's been a one-sided business, though. All right. Players were not a part of that business. <laughs> all right. Here, here are some numbers right here. You know, the NCAA made uh about 1.15 billion with a B billion dollars in 2021, right? The NCAA as an entity itself. 1.15 billion dollars in 2021 and out of that college football makes 31.9 almost 40 32 million dollars per year per school and this is according to zax.com but they make 31.9 million dollars a year on average per school right and now that it's a business because the players want to leave? And mind you, how much of that $31.9 million that the schools are making, that go any of that go to players? Nope, they go to coaches. They go to other pro sports in the program, in the school, in the university. They pay other things. Facility keeps up, keep up. Like, all of that stuff. Players got zero and players were the one that's putting their body and risking their health and all that on and putting all that stuff on the line. And coaches are saying that, oh, it's out of control. No. So now this whole business thing of college football, like I said, it's, it's always been a business. It's just that now <laughs> players are starting to have a say in how this business is being conducted. And if they feel like it's not in their best interest, you're damn right they have the, the, the chance and they should have the chance to leave to find something that's best for them. Because guess what? With or without them, that school, that coach, that program, the NCAA, college football is still profiting. I'm going to just let that sink in a little bit. It's still profiting. Like they are still making money. Right? And, and and coaches are like worried about keeping their roster and building new rosters every year. Work harder, work harder. You're in the port. Like 
The answer is right in your face. The answer to your problem is the very thing that you don't want to happen. Is the transfer portal. Tennessee did it. Marshall did it. Georgia State did it. ODU did it. Hell, Rice did it. You know, like, there are coaches that are taking advantage of the transfer portal. Just as much as they are losing, they are gaining from the portal. Is this is going to be this constant tug and pull? You know, like, is this battle that's like, all right, I lost some players. Now let me go back in this, in this portal and recruit. You know, you're recruiting twice now. You're recruiting high schoolers and you're recruiting college athletes. <laughs> so like get to work. So don't don't be upset that that oh I'm not being able to build my roster. I'm not being able to maintain my roster because I can't make everybody happy. Go to the portal. You have examples of people that are doing it that are winning football games. And, I, and of course there's going to be like a tie-in with like NIL and all that stuff. Like that's not the point of this of this uh this podcast. This topic is is to just talk about that there is a chance for programs to be built from the portal and from high school, right? That can compete every Saturday to win football games for their schools. And coaches are doing it in the portal, you know? Like, look look at the coaches that made it work this year. Like, what do we say about them? Like, look at those coaches that made it work in their program. All I'm saying is that in a couple of years, like, wins and losses are not going to be, like, how they once were when college football, like, for the past couple of years in college football, right? No longer, um, according to what we saw against Bama and, and uh, Tennessee, no longer are we going to a game saying, oh, Bama is a sure win for this week. Or what we've seen against Georgia, the national championship from last national championship team from last year, uh, and we've seen how they have had very close games to people that we thought they were going to blow out the water, you know, um, and they're winning like very, very close games. And even to the point where teams are like, dang, like, is Georgia even like a top five team anymore? Are they a top four team? You know, we've seen Texas almost beat Bama this year also. Come on, people. Like, let's see, like, Let's see the effects of the transfer portal and let's see how it's making college football exciting every week, every Saturday. And let's see how it's going to change the entire landscape of college football in years to come. Because I'm excited about it. Like I'm a big fan of it, you know, because it changed lives. It changed a lot of stuff in college football and, 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 and that and that thing, I think that we should all really be excited about that, man. Um, it's, it's, it's making college football fun again, you know. It's making fun. It's not lopsided anymore. Like you don't know that. Who thought that Washington State was going to beat number eleven, um, Michigan State? Who thought Marshall was going to beat Notre Dame? Who thought ODU was going to beat um, V Tech? Who thought William and Mary was going to beat Charlotte? But it's happening, you know? Um, so let's be excited for it. So in closing, I'm going to ask you this, this same question again. Like, now that you heard all that I had to say about the portal, about schools, about coaches, like, where do you fall on that, though? 
Like, I'm curious, like, where do you stand? Like, do you actually think that the portal is, you know, the great equalizer in college football when it comes to specifically wins and losses? Um, or do you think that there's still, like, it's not? Like, because it, it was just an anomaly, you know? Those teams are still going to, like, those big-name schools and those Power 5 schools are still going to be winning big ball games uh, down the road without, despite everything that's going on in college athletics right now. So let me know what you think. I'm curious, you know. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you uh, joining in and listening to this episode. And um, don't forget to let me know what you think. Have a good day. Thank you for watching Believe. You can find more great content at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Do you believe?